So last week, we said goodbye and that it was the end of the first season of Taking Note. But um, before we go and work on the next bits, um, we thought it would be a nice a nice thing to do to bring to you the, the pilot episode for this podcast, actually. Um, so way back in late 2020, we were sitting and we were thinking about how are we going to do this podcast? And the wonderful folk at Britain Peers Arts gave us a week-long residency down at Snape Maltings on the south coast of England to basically work that out. And so myself and Charlie and Owen went down and Owen was there not as our producer, but as our first guest. Yeah. So um, it was uh, it was loads of fun. It was quite last minute. and uh, But we managed to, yeah, haul ourselves down to, to was it Suffolk? Somewhere yeah. in Suffolk, isn't it? Yeah, near Ipswich. And... Uh, yeah, well, and thanks for for doing that. This was kind of pre myself being involved in this in any sort of way, and then I became very involved in it, mm-hmm. which is a it's been a lovely a lovely project. So, yeah, that was a great week. Yeah, I think it was it was a very interesting week as well because it was the first time the three of us had worked together or on anything really creative for quite some time. So it was really lovely from that point of view to to really get stuck into something and to just have that space to really work yeah. work this out basically. Absolutely, yeah. It was good. It was just coming out of like deepest darkest lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think we we're all a bit shell shocked at the at the fact that we got to like drive for more than five minutes in the car and uh, and to actually have work to do. It was cool. I enjoyed it. It was lovely and. Yeah, I guess you were kind of our our guinea pig in a way, Owen. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's safe to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Probably the least coherent guest you've had. <laughs> but, um, I suppose we should say as well that as, as well as being our producer and a fantastic recording engineer and producer of records, Owen's also a very talented and multi-talented um, music, musician and singer and composer. So, oh, too kind. I think we'll we'll run the episode now. So this is our this is our pilot episode that we made over that week at Snape. Um and in there you'll hear some of the many things that Owen that Owen does, which which yeah, it'll be a nice wee insight, I think. We're rolling. Nice one. So we're here in Snape Maltings today with Owen Sinclair. How are you getting on, Owen? Oh, I'm well, Charlie. Thank you very much. Um yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, how are you getting on? I'm not bad at all. Yeah, doing fine, thank you. It's a lovely, lovely sunny day, and that always that's always good, lifts the spirits. Absolutely. Um, yeah, what a, what a cool place, Snape Martins. So Snape Martins was um, bought in its original form, I believe, by the composer Benjamin Britten in the 60s. Um, and him and his partner, Peter Pears, ran it as... An art centre, a kind of venue, it's got an 800-seat concert hall and it became home of the Alba Festival in 1968. And yeah, so now they offer all sorts of like things that we're doing here this week, it's a sort of residency, artist development stuff. They do, they've got huge programmes of concerts and um, yeah, all manner of things really. It's quite, a, it's quite an amazing place. It was amazing when we arrived, wasn't it? Because it's like almost like entering a sort of creative city or something like all these little shops and little studios and 
Yeah, it's like a it's like a village yeah. of just nice things. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up, actually. And it's got a wee pub attached as well, which is always handy. Yeah. So what I do enjoy about the gigs that you the two of you do is how yeah, how improvised it all is and, and just kind of spontaneous and very in the moment. And I'm hoping we can explore that a little bit today. It's something that a lot of people sort of ask us, you know, like, where does the form come from in mine and Joseph's music? You know, when do you know when to start the improvisation? When do you know to, mm. you know what I mean? Because I think sometimes it, it looks as if it comes quite naturally, and in many ways it does, but there is definitely still some sort of plan in place. Frameworks. I yes. think that's the thing. I think, you know, if you... Well, when, you, when we start to consider a piece of music, you know, like whether it's like a tune or a group of tunes or just something, something else, in that first instance of kind of making it, it probably does have a bit more structure, you know, in terms of length and who's going to do what, when, at least to kind of some degree. I suppose as we kind of play things more and more, the need to rely on that becomes less. And I feel like when I'm listening to you, I can kind of tell what's going to come next quite a lot of the time. Likewise, yeah. Um, so, you know, and I suppose that is just built up over time. I mean, we've been at this for a wee while now. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, not just doing gigs and stuff like that. I think we've just played a lot of music together for ourselves in a very, like, no-pressure environment, you know, of just being in the flat or in the studio or whatever. And that's, I think that's probably what's allowed us to get into that depth of kind of, like, collective understanding or, like, idea of where, of where the music should go. Well, any, any close family or friends, I mean, you... you even when you're having conversation, I mean, you'll have this with, you know, your siblings or your, your parents or your friends where you know what they're going to say next. Mm-hmm. You know, you can almost preemptively hear what they're going to say. Yeah. Um, and you and have I guess, that musically. Well, it's the same thing. It's a conversation, mm. isn't it? And you, you get to know how people talk and you get to know how people talk through their music as well. Can you remember the first time we played together, Owen? You and I. Probably in a session in Fort Augustus. In the Cali, I believe. In the Cali Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I seem to remember you, meeting you, like, very shortly after I met my now wife, Becca. So um, it was the first time I ever stepped foot in the village. Uh, it did not take long before we ended up in the, ca- in the Cali Hotel, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so like, Becca's, Becca's folks invited me over and... Um, it was amazing. Like, I remember getting invited over and I, I just drove over. I'd never been along that road between, like, the sort of south side Inverness over to, like, Far and Erigi and, uh, and then Whitebridge and then Fort Augustus. And I was just blown away. It was an amazing thing. And, uh, and then to arrive in this village where, uh, just, it's, it felt like everyone was playing tunes and, and just this, this mad guy behind the bar dancing away and, <laughs> Christ, it's amazing. And yeah, just feeling really welcome into it. And then entirely, yeah, I, I mean, this must have been, that, uh, it would have been 11 years ago from this point. So I don't know how, yeah, I think I'm so. 24 now, so. So you've been 13, 12 or 13, so that sort of age. And uh, yeah, you were just this tiny wee guy playing a full-size fiddle. And, uh, <laughs> but just, yeah, ripping it up. It was great. Um, it's, so that it's, was probably the first time we played any music together. It's interesting looking back to that time and I realised that me and Becca and a couple of others from the village were very lucky that we were all kind of of a similar age. 
and all played. And most of our parents played some form of music as well. So there was quite a good community of us. When Becca and some of the other girls, because they were all a bit older than me, they went off to university and all the rest of it, I was kind of, that's when I went off to the music school in Plotkin, where I inevitably met Joseph. Isn't it an amazing thing when you, when you meet someone new? And this is the same out with music, where you just instantly have a, a connection, you know? And I've felt this with musicians before, where you just like, you know, whether that's in a session or if you're just backstage and you decide to have a wee tune or whatever it is. Like, it's amazing how just instantly it just can woof, just come together. And again, I think this maybe is quite an interesting topic as we didn't necessarily have that, me and you, Joseph. Um, it took like a number, number of years for that to, to arrive and yet it, it feels a much stronger thing in many ways. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny. Because um, I totally do know what you mean, this thing of you have tunes with someone and it's like instantly like, wow, this is exciting. We're on a kind of same wavelength thing here. But yeah, like you say, I think it was a couple of years before we kind of got into doing music together in the way that we do now, I suppose. There's also this thing, I suppose, of um, Scottish music where, you know, there's this huge availability and amount of like work playing for sessions and Kayleys and weddings and functions and that sort of thing and mm. playing for kind of dancing, basically. And I think, I think that, that sort of thing was what came first for us music-wise, but then it's funny how that, yeah, the kind of doing something which is a bit more, you know, has a bit more intent and is a bit more kind of specific um, in terms of a way of approaching music didn't, yeah, it didn't come straight away. So, Owen, um, mm. what, have you, what have you got? What have you brought with you, instruments and kit-wise? So, um, I've brought my drum kit, which is nice. It's quite a kind of, kind of small setup. Snare, kick drum, hats, floor tom, and a bunch of, bunch of cymbals. There's plenty to do, but it doesn't take up a huge amount of room um, as much as I'd like to be. Yeah, I think, Charlie, you mentioned Neil Pert, the yes. drummer from Rush. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those videos. They're absolutely, he's an absolutely incredible percussionist. And, um, but he used to have this like, setup where he had a, like a drum throne, like a seat on like a, on like a dolly, essentially. And he just ride around finding different things to <laughs> Did he have like train tracks for it? Ah, yeah, yeah, like amazing. the dolly tracks, yeah. It's incredible. It's good, but it's nice to, nice to play with new things. But, um, well, but I suppose kind of on a similar note, I have got an awful lot of things with me, but I've, oh, to my left, I have my sort of uh, home sort of studio setup. Um, so it's like just my, my laptop and some speakers. I've got a few things set up a couple of sampler type things that I'm using the iPad for. And I've also got, uh, yeah, just a couple of kind of soft synths and things like that. Uh, further to the left, we have the Korg Minilog, which is a, a kind of four voice synthesizer, really sweet sounding thing. And behind me, I have my electric guitar and a wee amp and some pedals to play around with. Yeah, that's what I've brought with me. And uh, thanks for finding a room big enough for all of that. So, <laughs> and I suppose this week you're kind of the opposite to Charlie and I in the sense that um, I just have a piano and Charlie just has a fiddle. Well, so you say just a piano, but you're sitting behind a... Quite the piano. <laughs> it's quite a piano. It's, um, yeah, it's a lovely Steinway B. Yeah, but I suppose with that, it's kind of, you know, what we might end up looking at doing together music-wise is like me and Charlie are kind of sitting in the world of 
how we'd maybe more normally like play together and things like that. And then you've got this whole bunch of, well, this whole toolbox of things to kind of... Yeah, so before before arriving, I did. I spent a bit of time like listening to your your albums, and they're nice. Thank you. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, why don't we start off with a tune of yours, yeah. and maybe just add some kit. Like obviously, like the, the music that you guys do tends to be very dynamic, like you know, like properly sweetened down quiet things to these huge big kind of moments and yeah I think the drums can add something yeah so maybe just to it's, it's interesting just, because most yeah. most people's take on the drums is you know big loud and crashy which of course mm. they have a huge role in at mm. times but it's it's nice taking something like mine and Joe's music which is generally a bit more laid back and sort of playing about with percussion on that front so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you, yeah, what sounds you make. Yeah, tonight. let's 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 see how it goes. <laughs> so we'll have a look at this tune, um, which I think is the the first track off of our of Charlie and I's first record, and it's a tune we wrote together, and it's called "A Thank You Won't Pay the Fiddler." It's an old proverb, I think, but it's not wrong. Quite appropriate for the moment, anyway. <laughs> so. Do we we don't have a structure for this? We're just gonna go for it, is that correct? Yeah. Let's just yeah, let's, let's give it a go. Let's maybe get some ideas going. See what comes um, out. I think what I'm certainly gonna try and do, and I don't know about you, Joseph, and I don't know how well you know this track, Owen, but maybe try not to do the arrangement that we recorded. I mean no, it's, cool. been, it's, it's been so long since we did that <laughs> that I kind of can't really remember. Well <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. But no, I like let's just um Let's play it round. See, see where we end up. What did we make of that? Mm. I mean, that was not bad for a first attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that. It's cool. I, I think um, there's a lot of power with the drums in terms of, of dynamic. Yeah. Um, and it's nice, like, I was you know, just trying a couple of things of, like, you know, just, like, I'm just going to, like, go right down here. Mm-hmm. And you guys are really good at just, like, right, that's, that's what's happening now. That's where we are. <laughs> and that's it, and, we're, and now we're low. And I was going to ask you there, like, do you, do you ever get sort of, uh, maybe fear is the wrong word, but, you know, quite aware of how much noise the drums make? Yeah. Like, are you, like, yeah. do you get scared that you're going to sort of mess up in some way? Because it's quite hard to hide with the drums, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's trepidation around it, but like, you know, when you're in that sort of moment as well, you're quite, you're not really thinking about, oh no, I'm not going to do this in case I, I mess up. You probably get carried away right enough. <laughs> I, I think I certainly do that. But no, like I, th- I think it's it's good just to kind of lean in dynamics wise. Like I'm very aware that you're playing the fiddle and I'm totally rocking out on a drum kit, pretty much next to you. 
and trying to be aware of the fact that I, I can only get away with so much before it actually no one can hear anything apart from symbols and stuff like that. But yeah, so it's, it just takes a bit of nuance. I've always wondered what it would be like to play an instrument like the Highland Pipes or the organ or, you know, any of these mm. things that's like instantly demands attention because it's just <laughs> so loud. <laughs> like, and I guess the drums in that sense as well, like the mentality must just feel very different. I mean, certainly when I was younger, like when I first kind of took up the drums, I had like no shame, like <laughs> just none. I had no consideration for anyone within about half mile radius of where I was. <laughs> like it was just like drums are for playing loud. So I'm, I'm now going to just knock the shit out of it, basically, you know, and it, which is actually a part of the reason why I really like the drums is how it's, it is like you are just hitting stuff. Yeah, it's extremely therapeutic, you know. I think that can be a really beautiful thing about music as well, is that most instruments, like, it's a very physical thing. Playing the fiddles, like, you can really lift off the bow and dig into it, like, with your whole body. And obviously the drums and the piano are very similar on that front. And, yeah, that's just a really nice way of being able to express your art, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Loudly. Loudly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unapologetically. Yeah, that is good sometimes, um, so, should we try start trying to figure out a bit of a shape for this tune? What I think would be nice is if we can figure out a kind of like live performance of it with parts for piano, drums, and fiddle. But then, you know, there's definitely bits of what I was hearing in there that I think could be added to by some of the textures that you have at your disposal, as well as the drums, Owen. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how you want to go around doing it. I, I certainly, it'd be nice to maybe just get the arrangement kind of formed. Yeah. Yeah, let's start there. Maybe get a take of that, mm-hmm. and then we could start then adding some some kind of layers to it for a sort of more studio kind of vibe. Yeah, I think that would be cool. I'm like, I'm gonna be like super unapologetic for really wanting to do. Like, there is that thing that you do in the record of you do a little hit. So it's like at the end of the thing. Well, it's just in the, the beginning of the A part. Yeah. Oh, I like that. We should uh, definitely. Yeah. We should mark that. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Just as a, a fun yeah. thing. So, you know, I think it could be quite nice to, to not start in like a totally small place dynamically. I think if like straight off the bat, maybe we're starting with a kind of piano, drums, kind of quite groove sort of thing. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Just to give it a little moment for the fiddle to warm up. Yeah, that's it. You know, <laughs> if, um, like one of these um, like lawnmowers where you need to like do the pool start chord thing and get it going and <laughs> it takes me a minute perfectly. Um, so into that definitely and also I really liked building into that that rhythm in a very like One thing I have a little bit of a concern with, so that intro thing, that sort of... It's a bit much. It kind of feels quite 12-8. Yeah. Like, I end up doing that sort of, like, purdy shuffle type thing. I'm not very good at it, but, like, 
it kind of sits in that realm. I think doing that as an intro and then basically by the time that Charlie's playing the tune, going back into just like a... Like yeah. that sort of thing. That's maybe not where I want to start. No, maybe we need to save that for kind of more of the peak. Yeah, because, I think kind of building into yeah, it. Yeah, because I think we can get to a really nice, like, loud middle thing. Yeah. So I also, I think I'd like to figure out a better sequence. I really like that, but I'm just trying to use it all the time, and that's probably yeah. not the thing yeah. to do. Kind of sets the tone, though. Yeah. As well, I, I, I do like that. Yeah. Oh, that, that was nice. Yeah, I like that. Um, that, that major minor thing. Yeah. Like, um, you know, because those are the same chord. Yeah. But it's just one note moving, but it's just like such a... I love that movement. Lovely. Um, yeah, that's great. Do we have a rough thought to structure? I certainly think, well, obviously doing like the sort of intro, mm-hmm. A, B, that sort of stop going into the second yeah. round of the tune. Probably after the B part, coming down into a break. Then that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I think we could have quite a long form break. Yeah, mm. I was thinking the start of like, well, I guess the break would maybe be. I'd still actually be playing the part of the tune. Yeah, it. yeah. I'm I'm finding like this is this is living in a bit of a world of um, it's kind of opened a jazz piano trio door in my head, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking like it'd be nice to have a little moment of um, kind of more like, you know, like that sort of like, like liney, melodic line based um, improv sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, it'd be maybe if we get into that being the start of a break, but then we do something where the fiddle kind of comes back. Yeah, absolutely. Up a bit. Well, but then if we get to like a big, just like... I think the pinnacle moment. for me before was that kind of... You know, kind of going up the neck a wee yeah, bit. Yeah, well, and that, that's really that's, building there. That sits quite well over if we're just doing something which is very shouty and cordy. You're like, you'll be above that. Um, okay, can we, can we just try and work up to that point in terms of... I think for me that could that could be a nice way to end it, just to bring it mm. just straight down, as opposed to like mm-hmm. another long. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because we've kind of already done that. Mm. Should we just try and blast a few takes of us playing, though? You know, just doing what we're kind of, yeah. kind of developing yeah, yeah, there absolutely. to get our basis. Yeah. So you mean just to have a take of the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're I think we're ready for that. No, definitely. Once we get this recorded to a point where we want it now, then we can start looking into building in another another way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Beautiful.
That's all making a bit of sense, I think. Personally, I think that was the kind of the closest I got to my idea of how I wanted mm. my playing to be. So what defines that for you? The part changes every time, so it's kind of that thing of, you know, what you end up doing, just lining up with your idea of what it should be in your head sort of thing. And yeah, that's that was closest to what I've been trying to do for the past, since we started doing takes of this, I think. I don't know what you guys' feelings are about that one. Well, the that performance, yeah, I enjoyed it. I was, I think, I'm getting into that that spirit of, um, oh, we've we've definitely got takes that are usable. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm. And at so. so I was just kind of like feeling a bit more relaxed, so having a bit more fun, whether it's good or not. I don't know. It's kind of that way. Just like I feel like I know the set, well, that uh, arrangement really well now. So just kind of feeling it. Also, just like actually playing drums with you guys. This is like still very very new to me yeah. and just trying to get into like your space kind of hitchhiking on your kind of <laughs> duo thing that you yeah. guys do so yeah just really I'm feeling a lot more comfortable now than obviously like the first couple of takes and with the music but with playing with you guys and, and kind of getting into the, the spirit I think it's it sounded like you both of you have been you know, you kind of got to that place of being quite consistent a few takes ago, whereas I think I've, I've taken a little bit longer to get there. What really helped there was turning, like, the chord chart, which kind of has the map of what's going on, is on the iPad, and I just turned that off there, because it was like, no, I actually know this. And you know, Sometimes that can be enough to just give you that... Oh, a complete game-changer, because, yes, you yeah. know, when you're not looking at the instructions, it means you can move away from them a little bit, and that then makes you more free... What I did there wasn't strictly what my instructions were telling me to do, but it was closer to kind of the spirit of the idea of what it should be that I had in my head. Personally, something I really dislike, especially when teaching, is when people have a have sheet music. Mm. I, ju I just feel there's a degree of separation there. And I, yeah. I understand that like it's great to have these things and they can be useful tools for, mm -hmm. for remembering, but I think to really reach that state of flow or whatever it is, I personally don't know if you can fully achieve that when you're sight reading or sort of reading a bit of paper. But you guys might disagree with that. I do forget words when I'm singing songs and that's really embarrassing. It, I don't often do solo gigs. Um, it was one, one night, our pal Josie, she runs a kind of a sort of song night thing in, in Glasgow. And I think Mike Vass, he was like the headliner. He'd just come out with that Save His Cam album. And he was I remember the gig actually, I think it was there. Yeah. And uh, so I opened for that and I was so safe. I was like, I need to do like five songs. I'm going to like do four songs that I know really well. And I'll do one that's like kind of like I've deliberately made an effort to learn it for this gig. And then it was fine. It was actually a really nice gig. I really enjoyed it. But I did like, it was the opening song. I thought this is a song I've been singing a lot recently. I really like it. And it was a sort of out of body experience. I was playing the gig, playing the song, but like I was having a full-blown conversation in my head being like, Owen, what are you doing? Why are you here? Like, this is awful. You're, <laughs> you're probably going to forget the words and then you're going to really embarrass yourself. This is, this is terrible. Get off stage. You're never going to get through this like 20-minute game by yourself. <laughs> Meantime, I'm singing this song. Mm -hmm. Don't know how I did it. <laughs> but it was fine. And it's like, I think just once you get past that first yeah. like initial like, this is really scary, once you just kind of settle into it, it then it becomes that sort of nice nervousness I don't know if you know what I mean like when you're in front of an audience and Hanson House that actually enhances that sort of creative like spike you know and um, yeah, you get that sort of giddy like Ooh. yeah that yeah that thing and um, I think I tend to find that once I've got like the first song out of the way with and then I'm like actually I can actually enjoy myself now 
it can hit me really bad at the, the beginning of a gig where you sit down on stage and you suddenly realise you have however long, an hour and a half of music to play. And it's like, that's so many tunes. <laughs> I, I don't even know that many tunes. You like, you just have to take it one step at a time. Mm. Or else, because if you think about it as a whole, it's just like, it's too it's far too much for your head to deal mm. with. But it's funny because then you can sit in the pub for four hours and play tunes and it's not a problem. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, that is odd. We did a gig at Cambridge Folk Festival a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I just totally forgot one of the tunes we were doing, so I just went into something else. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and it's, I think it's fine. That's one of the beautiful things about the duo is like, although you're very sort of naked and there's only two of you, like, there's weirdly a huge amount of freedom that goes with that. Oh, like, totally. Yeah. What is it? Confidence and strength. And if you're very good, which you guys both are at doing the thing that you do. So it's, it's a nice thing because you know that you guys can just like go into anything and just jam it out for 10 minutes. So I think we got, I think the last take we did there was the one that we're, we're going to settle on and we're going to try and add a few things now with, um, the synths and resamplers and like a guitar and everything that Owen's brought with him. And we'll just bring some extra textures and stuff to what we recorded. I, I assume you have a sort of rough game plan, Owen. Well, uh, it's very rough, yes. <laughs> okay. So I've got the, the iPad. So what I've just done, I've sampled into the iPad the fiddle track. So it was just in that sort of break after the second time through the tune. Yeah. Uh, so you're kind of playing that A part and you're playing it kind of wispy and quite light. So I've taken like a, a small section of that, about 15 seconds or so, and I've recorded it into this app called Borderlands, which is like a granular synthesizer type thing, which is, it basically takes a sample and, uh, and plays back tiny little sections of it. So you can get up with some pretty, pretty cool results. It's nice to be able to kind of touch something that's like it's actually manipulating audio with your hands which is quite a nice thing actually um so here here's how it sounds so sounds a bit like a kaylee from a farm <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of weird but it's nice it has all these kind of like swoops and swells and it's the same thing that we were playing it's literally the sample that we were of, of us playing um but it's a very different sound we have this big build and i and i think this th- these would be quite nice layers to add in it'll be like this sort of section here i'm just gonna play that and i'm just gonna record it in The, the sort of thing that, like, although it sounds mental when you hear it on its own, when it's kind of buried down in a more, like, fully formed mix of all of these different tracks, it'll perhaps be a more subtle, just added... Yeah, it's one of those things thing. you, might, you might not notice it in, as a part of, like, the arrangement, but you'll, you'll feel it, that sort of a bit of a, a, a warm bed for Lovely. all that stuff to lie in. I was definitely interested as well in getting some of this uh, this sort of sampled instrument that I've got here called uh, Walno. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's really sweet. I really like that. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a toy piano, but big. I think it's a quite, it's quite a comforting sort of sound. Yeah. yeah. So um, I just kind of thought that maybe a little touch of that during the break, like the the really the low part, but kind of before the piano actually goes into the solo. Yeah. You so, know, when Charlie's still playing the A part of the melody, I kind of thought just in that section, just some really subtle mm-hmm. chords would be quite, um, it could just be quite effective there. So why don't we, let's, let's do a couple of takes and get, yeah. get something there. Lovely. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet when it first came in, in that little low section. Yeah. Cool. Um, there's maybe some potential for some um, some wacky noises. What do you think? I think I have a real feeling for some, you know, quite metallic yeah. stuff. Um, I think. Well, you were talking before about maybe using the drumstick on the cymbals. Yeah, sort of I mean, the drums are, like, great. Obviously, like, literally most of it's metal, so... Um, <laughs> kind of fancy squeaky getting, things. Getting the bow, the fiddle mm. bow, and having a wee scratch of that. Let us. As long as that... It's not going to knacker your bow, is it? It's, it's the only one I have with me. Mm. So that's my only concern, but okay. it should be fine, as long as we're okay. not being too rough with it. No, that's it. Let's just... Yeah, um, let's experiment. I'll put, I'll put plenty of resin on it and things. Mm. That's the ticket. Nice. Such a really clear note. Cool. Great. That was my favourite, I think, that one. It's pretty nuts, yeah. I think there's a lot that we could do with those. Hmm. Quite like that. Yeah. So, we've got a few of these sort of kind of bowed symbol things. We've got th- we're using three at the moment. I, ca- I kind of feel that's maybe plenty, to be honest. Yeah. It's punctuation, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Other things I was maybe going to try mm-hmm. were... It's another app, like iPad-based thing, which is called Elsa. This is much more a kind of, like, looper-type thing, sampler, looper. Right. Uh, it's pretty cool, so... Um, so I'm going to record in a sample. So what am I going to play it? So I think I'm going to need something more like a plain note. So from a fiddle, perhaps. From the fiddle. Um, so can I just get like a long C? Yeah, what I was thinking was just like...
I've been really feeling like quite a, you know, aggressive sounding, just a synth pad, but okay. like with the filter coming open and closed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've got a patch on this mini log that would be quite suitable, actually. Um, that's it. Okay, here we go. Uh, That's us. I think we've kind of we've got a version of this. I think that's kind of got all of the ideas that we'd want in it. I think before this goes out as a podcast for the world, it'll get spruced up and it'll get a proper mix and everything just sounding as good as it can be. Yeah, let's just have a listen. Yeah, I think we've got a lot of the main ideas down, and yeah, I think it could be a lot of fun. So let's yeah, let's have a little yeah. listen. Here we go. Let's go for it.
Well, I thought that sounded pretty excellent, to be honest. Yeah, I think all the ideas uh, worked pretty well together, actually. It just gives it such a nice feeling, having all those like little sample things. and. I must admit, I, I get a bit sceptical when you tell me to bow cymbals and rustle my jacket and <laughs> hit things with an empty bottle, but yeah. when you hear it, you know... In context like that, it's really incredible. Yeah, I mean, this is the process you have to do to kind of figure out how that sounds. Um, and I'm, I'm, thanks for letting me explore that with you. That's cool. I love how you can just take something somewhere slightly different. Like, I think if you started listening to that, it's like, oh, you're in the room with the three of us. But, you know, when, when we have all of these, like, resampled things and these, like, extra additional sounds, you know, it just takes you somewhere slightly different again. Yeah, absolutely. And, You're in a different world, aren't you? You know, it is quite, there's quite a lot goes into dialing in these sounds and making them and kind of getting them to sit within the mix and all of that. Because if you listen to them on their own, those other sounds are quite massive. You know, there's a lot going on with them. And, you know, it's just the subtlety of that. Like, you know, it's only bits of them that are really coming through, but you feel it's there. And I think even, you know, listening without having any prior knowledge of the track, if, if those other elements were gone, you'd, you'd feel them not being there, even though you weren't necessarily hearing them. I think the you'd notice the most, especially like the low end thing, like the sort of kind of subby Korg synth thing. Like I, it's so subtle, yeah. but at the same time, if it wasn't there, you'd really you'd feel lost without it. <laughs> I think totally. Yeah, um, I think for me, from a sort of more a further production point of view, is something that's very interesting. Is you can think something's finished, and then you know, you put it through that entire process and you've got something again that's finished. You know what I mean? It's like there's sort of multiple levels with these things. And you can kind of get pretty endless with that because there's another way in which I listen to that track and I'm like, hmm, I think what would be nice would be like eight string players. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, that would be... And then maybe after that it would be finished, but... Each time it makes it something different. So I think for me, the thing is always like a little bit when you set off to do something to kind of decide where you're going to end up. Yeah. You know, and you can be flexible with that, but it kind of stops you from getting too far down that rabbit hole, I think. And that's yeah. part of the problem with these podcasts that we're doing mm. is we don't have all the time in the world, mm. you know. But in a way, that's quite nice because then we just get a sort of, a sort of snippet of creating something with somebody that we like, so... Limitations can be so good when you're making stuff sometimes. Like, for example, with um, like working with Martin Green, who kind of supported us in doing some production on a Tanner record. Like, to the, that first day we went down to a studio, Owen, and we came with all of the music kit. You, like, you and Becca had to hire a van. We'd brought so much kit. And it was like, you guys just need to decide what two or three things you're going to use. Like, use one synthesizer, use one effects pedal, and try and do everything like that. And... I think that made it better. And I think having those some sort of parameter from the very start can be really great. And I suppose in this instance, our parameter is time, isn't it? Yeah. And so you so you are like, well, we're gonna make something, we're gonna make it as good as possible, but it's gonna be within that six hour window. And so that you know, that influences how I think you make decisions about what how you play and what you're what you're doing and all that sort of thing, which I think is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and obviously like, excited to hear your other collaborations, but like it'll be funny how some of them maybe just one take. Right, that's maybe all it needs, mm -hmm. <laughs> which would be quite exciting. And that's sometimes great as well when that happens, or, mm -hmm. or just like you, you knock it out in a couple of hours. Yeah, 
Um, oh, totally. When you, when you get into it, it's just like it can help happen so fast. Mm -hmm. um, sure. I suppose as well, a thing to mention is that as well as being um, extraordinary guest musician and everything else, Owen is also um, mixing and like finalizing all of the audio for all of these podcasts. So mm. I'm pretty sure you'll be pretty sick of the sound of Charlie and I's voices by the end of it when <laughs> 12 hours Not of us talking. Well, it's good because it saves me having to like actually download and listen to the podcast. <laughs> so it means, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You guys have kind of teased me with a few possible guests that you've you've got coming on, and uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing hearing the results of all of those. So this point in the podcast, um, Charlie and I think it's nice to have a conversation and see if we can figure out, you know, one word which would describe the piece of music we've made and also, you know, kind of the conversation we've had and like, you know, maybe like recurring themes that have come up and... So yeah, has anyone got any thoughts? I've had a couple of thoughts actually, just from, yeah, arriving to to this point. We went out for a little walk for lunch earlier and, and I've had this thought of like kindling and and rekindling, like that sort of thing, because this is like probably the first musical project I've done in a long time like during this whole pandemic, like I've done musical work, but uh, nothing nearly as exploring and creative as this. And obviously just like we do music together, but this is like something new. So it's kind of this new thing and this fresh, tiny little twigs ready to set fire to something. And I think also the actual piece of music itself sounds like it's just caught fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's this sort of thing of, it's kind of warmed up. Yeah. Which and is, I feel very warmed up musically, which is quite a nice thing to do. So that's what I was thinking about. I don't know about you. I would agree with a lot of that. I suppose, you know, in another way, we've rekindled this tune because it's the first track of me and Charlie's first ever album. Course, you know, you know that, I mean? was, so, that was what was floating through my head at lunchtime yeah, as well, yeah, actually. Um, um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I think something that came up for me yesterday was... I mean, we kind of hit the middle of the week and I suddenly felt very overwhelmed. As, I don't know, it was as if, like, it just became very real that we were, you know, down doing a residential thing and recording mm -hmm. music and being filmed and all these sort of aspects. But also what came out of that for me was just, like, I felt like I was waking up again for the first time in, mm. in so long. Like, I just feel like I've, I've really been asleep for a lot of lockdown creatively and it's been just so nice to play with you both. Like, I can't... It's certainly, certainly been like a hibernation, hasn't it? Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's not been nearly as many opportunities to do things. And mm. on a positive note, like I, I do think it has given me time to reflect on what it is that I enjoy about playing music and, and performing and creating and writing. So I've maybe now got the, maybe the patience just to kind of stick with the things that I like doing. And I don't have to, I don't feel like I have to be doing all of it, like all the gigs that you get offered, like you've, I don't know if you guys feel that, but you certainly feel awkward about turning any work down. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in the future when hopefully when things start to kind of come back around, I'll only be, I'll, well, maybe not only that's, a, I can't, I can't say that, but like, I, I do feel like I'm going to try and push myself to only do the things that I really want to do and prioritize those things. And I know, like, often the things that you're really excited about are the things that don't tend to pay all that much money. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've, we've all had to do 
new things to kind of get through this pandemic and, and learn new skills. And it's given me a little bit more breathing space to think about the, what, what I'll do in the future. And yeah, I kind of look forward to maybe just just thinking about those things. I, I completely mm. agree with you. I think I've had and hopefully, realization. Yeah, hopefully I think there'll be a better product as well. Like there'll be a better thing at the end of it because it's more like more of your bandwidth is kind of focused on those things that you enjoy rather than having to like really take in all all the things you know being here down at snake maltings and um, we've actually been given this residency to develop kind of the podcast idea and how we're going to approach it so although this might not be the first episode that goes out this is definitely the first one we've made um but this residency week that they've very kindly given us um, is part of their festival of new. So over the course of the past kind of four months, there's been another, I think eight or 10 artists um, given a similar opportunity to come here and work for a week and be supportive of time and space um, to, to develop new ideas of their own. And those will all, those will all be pulled together in a um, kind of online event later in 2020, which might actually be before this podcast is released which is a bit of a weird thing <laughs> to consider. But, thing. Um, and yeah, I agree. I think this is the first time in a while I've felt some you know, real excitement about what the future holds in doing and making music because it's been, you know, it's been pretty bad <laughs> for the past yeah. few months. It's just been stuff disappearing, not stuff appearing. It's just been like gig after gig after gig after gig being cancelled and... And, you know, friends and colleagues moving out of music to work in other things, because that's where we are at this point, unfortunately. So just to kind of backtrack a little bit, but you mentioned the Festival of, of New, and, you know, we're not sure what's going to come out first, this podcast or, or that content. Mm. Nevertheless, you should definitely link it with the podcast whenever it comes out. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I think I, for one, will certainly be interested in, in seeing not only... What, what we're doing this week, mm-hmm. um, but also just like the other people who have been uh, able to come here. I think it'll be really, really cool. We were chatting to like the, the techies here mm-hmm. and they were describing a few of the things that, were, that had been going on and I think it sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah some, some pretty wacky ideas and I'm into that. So. <laughs> oh, totally. It's, um, it's what an amazing place this is. You know, had 2020 happened as normal, I think coming here for this residency was the thing I was the most excited about anyway. So, you know, that's pretty bloody lucky that that's the thing that's still happening. Um, they're just completely open to supporting people to just be as experimental as you want. Very nice. Yeah, really, really cool. We, we owe a huge thanks to um, Residencies at Britain Pierce Arts, which is the foundation set up after um, Benjamin Britton and Peter Pierce, who were the original owners and kind of people who ran state mottings um, and it's their legacy that makes these things continue to, po- to be possible um, as well as a massive thanks to all of the team and um, tech support and staff here at state mottings who've helped us to make this happen yeah and that that brings us around to saying thank you to you Owen thank you so much because not only has this been amazing working with you but like well to both of you just to be able to see my friends again is actually a very lovely and emotional thing. It's it's just really nice to be creating again. Absolutely. Yeah, well thanks for thanks for having me. Likewise, it's been very, very fun. Yeah.